Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please turn with me to John chapter 8 as we continue on our series on the book of John. The book of John is the book of the New Testament that has seven different I am statements from Jesus. And every time the Lord says, I am, he's talking about his eternal nature. And what that means is, is that Jesus and God have always existed. Everyone else except God, everything else except God was created at a certain point in time, but God is the uncaused, he is the first cause, he is the one who was and is and is to come, and so he is the eternal God. How many know he is the, the, the beginning, the first and the last? He is the starter of all good things by his glory and power. And so today we're gonna be looking at the second I am statement, and the title of today's message is, I am the light. I am the light. Everyone say light. Light is something that we take for granted, but it is vitally, vitally important. And Jesus is saying that he is the eternal light, which is more than just physical light. And here's what he's also saying. He's saying that what we really need is light. What we really need, brothers and sisters, is light. My prayer is that when you leave today, one of the things that you would say deep down in your heart is what I really need is light. You see, when you have a problem, when, you have a, when you're struggling relationally or professionally or emotionally, any area, what you really need first and foremost is light. And we need to understand the power of the light of Christ. Now, light stands in opposition to darkness. And I want to say a couple things to you about darkness just to frame today's conversation. Listen, darkness is marked by three things. Dysfunction, confusion, and chaos. So if it got pitch black here, just every light and no one could see in front of them. Even if we tried to move in the building, everything would become dysfunctional. Because we don't, we can't see, we'll be bumping into each other. There'll be confusion. What direction am I facing? Where are the doors? It'll become chaotic. Somebody's foot will be stepped on. You see, because that's what is marked by darkness and what you and I need to understand. And this is what Jesus is speaking into. He's speaking into the fact that darkness is just not physical. We'll get into this in a moment, but it's also spiritual. Darkness is emotional, physical, directional, mental, moral, relational, even educational. There can be darkness. And so what Jesus is saying is, He's saying that what we really need is life. And I, before we read the text, I want to say this and declare it. Here's what Jesus teaches us today. He's teaching us that you can't have life if you don't have light. Let's read that together. You can't have life if you don't have light. 
And so real life, now let me tell you a little bit about this word, life. This word, life, is a, is a word that John uses in, in his writings quite a bit. And in the New Testament, when it's used, the, the primary uh, uh, word in the Greek is Z-O-E, Zoe. And it means the highest form of life, the best life. You understand? You can have, you could be alive, but not have the abundant life that Jesus has for us. He said, I came so that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and life to the full. Zoe, the abundant life. It doesn't matter where your life is today. If you want to know what kind of life God wants for you, God wants the highest and best and abundant life. How many believe that today? If you believe that, put your hands together with me. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But here's what he's teaching. He's saying you can't have life if you don't have light. All right, so let's read the text, and then we're going to... We're going to uh, uh, get into this. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, this is picking up right from last week. They were trying to stone a woman for, for being caught in adultery. And Jesus put them all in their place. And Jesus is saying, basically, instead of being in, in all of the nonsense of this world, look at what he's, his next words were this. Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the everyone light of life. He will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Now, I want to say this. This might be, this might be, it definitely is one of the biggest misses in all of history. You want to talk about missing it? They missed it. They're talking to Jesus, the son of the living God. Okay? And they're telling him, what you're saying is not valid. Your testimony is not valid. Now, if you read this with a clear understanding, you realize, yo, this is crazy. Right? It's like, you're talking to Jesus? And you're saying his testimony is not valid after he's healed the sick, raised the dead, opened eyes, fed, fed the poor, thousands of people at all of the, all walked on water, and you're going to tell him your testimony is not valid? Well, then whose testimony is valid? If, it were, if his word doesn't mean anything after he does all of these things, well, whose word actually means something? You see, but this is what they're saying, and they didn't get it. But this is what people do. People love to lawyer up. They start to get, they start to, they start to nitpick at things. And so your testimony is not valid and all that. And, they, and let me tell you something, don't lawyer up with God. When God is talking to you about something and when Jesus is in your presence, how many know it's good to listen instead of make excuses and say, what about this and what about that? People love saying, what about this about God? What about that? Forget about all that. Just look at Jesus and know that his testimony is valid and what he says is true. Can I get an amen? Yes. There are mysteries and things that we won't fully understand from time to time, but over time, the light will shine and you'll get it. But watch this, it says, so Jesus answered, even if, if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going because you have no light. 
He says, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one, but if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, so they're lawyering up. Now Jesus lawyers back for a minute. And he says, in your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? He says, he says, you don't know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Very important. If you know the light that came to the earth, then you will know the light that sits on the throne in heaven. Very, very important. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. I want to pray right now, and I want to ask that God would help us to not take light for granted. But on the contrary, that maybe our eyes could be open, not just to light, but to spiritual light, to the actual light of life. Because, brothers and sisters, what Jesus is declaring is that what we really need is light. So could we pray? Because maybe God could open your eyes to something you've never seen before. Maybe the Lord could show you something today. He can shine his light upon your heart. And maybe the solution that you've really been longing for and looking for, you will experience that when the lights turn on. So let's pray. Father... We thank you, Lord. What a blessing it is to come to your house and to sing, Lord, and declare that you're the, the, the way maker and the miracle worker and the light in the darkness. And God, I pray that you would shine your light against all of our personal darkness. And I pray that that darkness would be cast out, oh God. And as you shine your light, Lord, I pray that every person here would experience the life that comes from your light. Bless this word. Bless our time together. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Now, before we start to unpack uh, light uh, um, uh, in, from the text in a sequential way, this statement when he says, I am the light, it's actually best understood according to the whole context of scripture. And I wanna, I wanna talk about how Jesus is speaking to the light. When Jesus says, I am the light of the world, he's speaking all the way from Genesis to the very end of the Bible. But let's, in Genesis, he's speaking actual, actually to natural creation. It says, Genesis 1 to uh, 3 and 4 said, And God said, Let there be everyone light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated light from darkness. This was natural creation. This was the beginning of time and physical life, it is known that we need light in order to have life. And uh, thousands of years before we worked that out scientifically, the Bible gives the proper order for life. And it all began with light. And you can't have life, even in the physical realm, you can't really have life without light. If there was no light, nothing would grow and no one would eat. 
You have to have light in order to have life. That is a physical reality that's, that's already been proven thousand thousands of times over. The irony of it all is that you can go and ask educated people, and educated people will say that what caused the world was something called dark matter. Okay? Now, when you ask them, well, where is dark matter? They go, we're close to discovering it. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You see? And so some people say, no, we're scientists. But scientists don't apply principles of science to the beginning. They apply principles of faith. They choose to believe that it's something else. But we believe that it was an intelligent creator who loved us. And he's mighty and powerful. Hallelujah. And he said, let there be light. I don't know. I think it's more, it's more logical that an intelligent being created something rather than some green soup. It came out of some soup. Where did the soup come from? Who made that soup? Amen. Come on, let's praise God. It was Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't be too impressed with all the letters behind the names if they're not, because sometimes you can be educated but still be in darkness. You see? That would be another sermon, but there's a lot to say about this. Now, in addition to that, now John chapter 1. See, John chapter 1 is sort of like the spiritual um, Genesis chapter 1. If you go back and go read John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then, and then it says, and the Word became flesh. It's talking about Jesus. Okay, and the Word became flesh. And then it says this. It says, in him was life, and that life was the everyone light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So even though we live in a fallen world and in a dark world, a world that is marked by darkness, when the light of Christ comes, there is powerful spiritual redemption. Jesus buys us back and he transforms us and he grows us and he progresses us into the abundant life so that we not only get eternal life, but we also on this planet, in this world, in this day, no matter what you come from, no matter where you've been, no matter how broken generationally, he is the one who can transform your life and bring us into blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't tell me we've got more X everything in this church than you can imagine. X everything in this place. Why? Because when the light shines in the heart, powerful things happen. Hallelujah. And look at this is how it's summed up. Okay? Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 6. This is amazing. This puts it all together. Ready? It says, for God who said, let the light shine out of darkness both physically and spiritually. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light to shine in our hearts. You see, he can make light shine in your heart. No matter how dark, no matter how defeated, no matter how disoriented, no matter how difficult, no matter how discouraged, Jesus can shine his light in our hearts. And watch this. 
to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed, everyone, in the face of Christ. How many are thankful for the face of Jesus that we can gaze upon? Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, if you come to church and all you're looking for is principles, you're missing it. How many know there's a person behind the principles and his name is Jesus? You can see his face, you can know his face. He wants a relationship with us and he speaks right into our hearts. See, but you can't have that life if you don't have his light. He says, I am the light of the world. And I'm going to tell you what we really need is light. Okay? You take your problems, you take your struggles, you take your challenges. Okay? You take your hurt and you take your pain. And I'm telling you right now, we can try to solve all of these things outwardly. But first and foremost, what we really need is his light. Because in that light, that light carries his life. Let me go very quickly here. So here's, here's, here's what it really means to experience the light of God. And this is, this is so powerful. First of all, light is the basis of our victory. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world, right? I'm the, I light up the whole world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In, in, uh, in, in John 1, it says, in him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. And watch this. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. Light always has victory over darkness. This could be completely pitch dark, and the minute one person just lights up whatever on your Android, I want to put Android first this time, not iPhone. (laughs) You take your Android, you put your light on, the minute totally dark, the one person with light, immediately that person becomes the leader. You see, because wherever you turn on light, darkness is always driven back. We have to understand that the part of the way we overcome and walk in victory is through light. The light of God becomes the basis. Think about what I said earlier. Think about a poverty mindset. Think about generationally, one one generation after another teaching the wrong things to their kids. Then comes the light of the word of God and the light of the truth. And transformation begins to change because you will know the truth and what? The truth will set you free and you'll walk in blessing and victory. There are things, there are things that we need to transfer to our children. You see? And they are all, or should at least, they should all be based on his light. Now look, even from the perspective of, from the vantage point of just societies and civilizations, I want you to notice that that society has progressed Uh, concurrently, okay, consistently with the progression of light. So here's what I mean by that. So there was a time when people, what they, they use fire for light. We know this, okay. And, uh, And then they went to kerosene lamps. You know, this was the progress of history. This represented great progress. 
the discovery of it and the lighting of it. And how many know they didn't have Androids or iPhones back then? You see? See, because culture has always progressed. As light progresses, so a culture progresses. The more you learn, the more you understand, things advance. You know, and I'm talking in the natural. You look here, went from the kerosene lamp to the light bulb. Here's an interesting thing. Thomas Edison, who, uh, the creator of the light bulb, he said the day is going to come when light will be so cheap, everyone will have light bulbs in their homes, and then candles, he said, will be, will be sort of like a hobby for the rich. And it's interesting because people, there's like this big industry for candles now, and we don't use candles to light the house. We use candles for the smell. People are like, mmm, sandalwood. <laughs> it's always sandalwood. I don't know why, but sandalwood is in everything. I would like to see sandalwood one day, but mmm, uh, vanilla this. And, and people spend all of this money on candles, and they call it aromatherapy and all kinds. They put it on, you walk in the house, you're Whoa, what is that? It's a candle. It's not being used for light, you see? But he said that. Be and, and as we move forward, as we move forward, now listen, that's true in the natural, but it's also true in the spiritual realm. You see, your progress, my progress, runs consistently with your progress and my progress in receiving more and more, everyone, light. The more light you have in your life, the more you grow. The more light you have in your life, the more blessed you're going to be. You see, he's the light of the world. Darkness cannot overcome it. And one of the biggest contributors to our defeat, okay, in life is a lack of light. One of the things that affects us the most, and that's what I'm praying. I've been praying, Lord, help us to understand that a major way that Jesus solves our problems, a primary way, is by first shining his light. Thank you. Freedom comes through light. Blessing comes through light. You understand? And a lot of people, you're defeated here. Imagine, put yourself in the position of having the wrong things carried down generationally. The wrong thing, the wrong thing, the wrong thing. Understanding, thinking incorrectly about the way things ought to be and how to live. Well, obviously, you stay defeated and discouraged. You see? But when you have light, when you have light, you can grow and become healthy. Light makes things grow. So it's very, very important for us to understand the power and the necessity of light. Apply this to yourself. Apply this to your life. Apply it to your marital problems. Apply it to your moral problems. Apply it to all sorts of issues. Do you know that um, Harvard Medical Journal, Scientific, uh, uh, Scientific American, this is kind of confirmed. Everybody, I think, knows this is pretty common knowledge, that depression is linked to an absence of light. Seasonal, here it is, seasonal affective disorder means that you're being impacted because you have a lack of 
light. But when you have the light, the darkness cannot overcome it. I'm telling you right now, you will walk in victory if you walk in the light. Amen. Praise the Lord. Secondly, light is the basis of our fellowship. Light is the basis of our fellowship. Jesus said, who, uh, he spoke against the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me. Okay? Not a church. Not principles. Whoever follows him, me. The person of Christ. Well, we're talking about whoever experiences authentic nearness to God. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Following and fellowship go together. It means that there is a possibility for, for authentic nearness. Now listen, I need to say this based talk in regards to the fellowship of God, and I want to read this in a moment on the bottom. But listen, fellowship with God is, is, with God is one of the most pleasing and satisfying relationships that enables us to put less demands on all other relationships. The more satisfied you are by your relationship with God, the less demanding you are in all your other relationships. You know what addiction is? Addiction is an obsession with the pursuit of a satisfaction that never delivers true satisfaction. You see, and a lot of times we're unhappy in ourselves. We're not at peace with ourselves because we don't have true fellowship with Jesus. But when you have true fellowship with Jesus and he shines his light, it just, you stop putting demands on other people because it's all good. How many know when you're satisfied, it's like, every, it's all good. Jesus has a way of putting that it's all good kind of feeling in your heart and in your life. So someone, you spend good time with the Lord and someone does something that you don't like and you have an ability to say, it's all good. Someone smashes your car, you go, it's all good. How many know you know that's Jesus when that happens? <laughs> Only Jesus can give you that it's all good. Day after day after day after day. And it comes from fellowship. Look at this. Okay? This is the message we heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Okay? Now that's important when you talk about fellowship. It's very, very important because some people think that they can fellowship with Jesus but be in darkness and be in dark practices and go to dark places. One of the great rules of thumb for your choices and your decisions, people, places, and things, just ask yourself, can I be there, can I do this and still have Jesus happy right next to me? You see? And that's, that, how many know that settles 8,000 questions in just one, one, one thing? Can I do this with Jesus here? Would you behave differently if Jesus was there? Well, guess what? He is there. So it says God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. And part of deceiving ourselves is we can live in darkness and say, oh, Jesus, let me know he's not over there. You're not fellowshipping with him even though he does love you. How many know that doesn't mean you're fellowshipping with him? 
Look, it says there's no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, watch this, we have everyone fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How many are thankful for the cleansing blood of Jesus? <laughs> Hallelujah. He removes, he removes, he removes as we walk with him. He washes all of that junk away. And then we have a fellowship that is beautiful and wonderful. Now listen, very quickly. Light is the basis of our fellowship. And there are two things that actually impact our fellowship with God, impact our light. They actually, uh, uh, they hinder Okay, now in the world, in the natural, it's actually called light pollution. So real quick, let me show you an image. All right, this was last night, the sky map of Chicago, last night at 12.30 a.m. And so if we didn't have so much artificial light, which is called light pollution, everyone say artificial light. So there's natural true light and then there's artificial light. If we didn't have so much artificial light in the city, when you walk out your front door in, at night, this is what you would see, this beautiful, uh, uh, amazing display of stars that were created by God. But we can't see them because the light pollution, artificial light hinders us from actually seeing True light, okay? And so artificial light has a huge impact on all of us. And can I tell you something? You need to give some thought to whether you have more true light or artificial light in your life. You see, because some of us, we have so much light pollution, but it's artificial light. It's fake. It's not real. You understand? And so we can't really see him for who he is. We can't really get a hold of what he really has for us. Because there's more artificial light. It's fake light. You understand? Here's another, another principle caused by uh, uh, light pollution. Because of light pollution especially. Okay, this is a picture of Pluto in 1994. And this is a picture of Pluto in 2018. Now the difference between this one and this one is that this one was taken from much further away, but they got a satellite close enough to get this image. And how many know the closer you are, the better you see? How many know that's the way it is with Jesus? The closer you are, the better you see. If we just take the time to get close to Jesus, we can have real, real fellowship. Not fellowshipping through a sermon on the radio or you put your 40 minutes and you came in, you came in late for worship and you leave early to get to the car fast. No, nobody here, but you know what I mean, just other people, <laughs> you know. And, um, and it's, it's all distant, it's all distant. You're not close enough, but if you're not close enough, you don't see the beauty of who he really is. And you don't, expect, you don't experience the joy of the fellowship that he really wants to have with us. Listen, 
Here's the word of the Lord. Don't settle. Everyone say, don't settle. Don't settle, spiritually speaking, for artificial light. And don't settle for being far from the light. Don't settle for it. You can go right out of, you can go right out of this building, okay, and just get alone with the Lord, okay? You can just get alone with the Lord, and he can shine his light into your heart. Beautiful, amazing, magnificent conversation between your creator, your savior, the love of your soul, just you and him. You know, you know when the, I got one more point we're going to close. Today, before the service started early in the, you know, I just, I took a walk around the neighborhood and I saw people getting out of their cars and I looked at the corner and I looked at this big building, this and over all the corner and I was thinking about all of the big things that, that we're asking God to do. We prayed major for God to do some miracles on the far corner, praying God, asking God for, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars we're asking him for, and I'm standing across the street and uh, uh, over there in the corner, Belmont and Cicero, and I'm looking at the building, and then I'm walking, I'm seeing people stream into the building, and I was like, Lord, all things are possible in your presence. How many know all things are possible? And I'm telling you, for that moment this morning, it just, it was like, it became so real. It became so real that God could build a community center. It became so real that God could touch some marriage here that is broken. Or someone whose mind and emotion, someone who's affected by trauma. You could be so tragically affected by some horrendous trauma that happened in your life. But Jesus came and he went to the cross and he was brutalized. They brutalized him. He paid the price for all sin. And he rose from the dead in power and victory to give us victory. Hallelujah. All things are possible in the presence of God. And all we have to do is fellowship with him. All we have to do is don't try to fix yourself. Just get in his presence. Go home and get in his presence. Go take a walk in the park. It's a beautiful day, but walk alone with him and lift your hands and worship him or do something. Get alone with God today. Get in the light of the Savior. He's the light of the world. And he wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to have fellowship. He loves us. He wants to be the friend that's closer than a brother. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then here's the last thing, and we'll close with this. Listen, it's not just the basis of our victory and the basis of our fellowship. Light is also the basis of our guidance. Everyone say guidance. Okay, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You don't, when you have Jesus, you don't grope around in life. You have the light of life and he guides you. Amen. How many know Jesus is our guiding light? How many would say amen? Look at what Psalm 119 says. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. 
Every time you open the word of God, it's like light. God wants to guide us and, and show us. And look, real quickly, before we close, could you turn off all the lights real quick? Okay, screen, everything. All right, it's pretty dark in here. But we do have a few lights on. We have the exit lights. And because of those, those, those lights, they have to be on all the time, according to the state. But because of those lights, and because of the lights we have in the walkway, it's kind of like these, it looks like a runway from up here. Because of these lights, if something happened, if we had an emergency, we would get out of here safely. You see, because we would know where to go. If there were no lights, we would not know where to go. But how many know the light guides? Everyone say the light guides. The light guides. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put the lights up. The light guides. God wants to guide his people. The light guides. You may not know where to go, but how many know the light will tell you where to go? The light of Jesus will guide us. His word will guide us and show us the way that we should go. Spiritual light brings spiritual sight in the same way that that little physical light actually brings physical sight. There's a spiritual light that brings spiritual sight. So we were singing earlier, show me your glory. Lift your hands. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. Show me your glory. Come on, let's ask for sight today. Show me your glory. Hallelujah, everyone. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Close your eyes, but open up the eyes of your spirit right now. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. I want to look, hallelujah. I want to look on the face of the one that I love. Long to stay in your presence where I belong. Long to look on the face of the one that I love. Long to stay. says let men everywhere lift up holy hands that's not the Old Testament that's the New Testament okay the Bible says let everything that has breath praise the Lord 
The Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The Bible says, uh, um, pray without ceasing. It says, in everything, give thanks. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, okay, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. How many know that's true? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, when I read that book about poverty, okay, I haven't finished reading it, but I'm telling you, it was like a sledgehammer. By the way, by the way, one of the things that the book says, interestingly enough, is that it's very difficult for people who come from generational poverty to break, okay, and to step into different levels, all right? And here's what it says, except, everyone say except. It says, except those children that are exposed to, re to religions and have a strong sense of faith because even though they grow up in places that are informal and super casual and don't have truth, their exposure to the word of God is so powerful that it transforms them. How many know his word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet? Now listen, now listen. So things are passed on. Every time you read the word of God, could I borrow a Bible? Anybody got a Bible? Thank you. Anytime you read the word of God, and I'm closing, but this is very important because look, I want this to be super, super practical. You see, if it's not practical, if you don't go home and practice what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter. You see, God wants to impact your walk and my walk. Not just the way we walk in, but how many know after we walk out? So listen, listen. So let's take this moment. Maybe you're not used to it, but I want to encourage you. Okay, somebody taught me one day. Somebody taught me one day from the book, from the book, that you enter his gates with thanksgiving. On your worst day, maybe you're depressed today. Maybe you feel completely discouraged. I'm telling you right now, in the ministry over the years, I've had so many disappointments. And you know what the Bible says? It says, let men everywhere lift up holy hands. The Bible says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. This poor man cried and he delivered me from all of my fears. So watch, come on, lift up your hands. Okay, lift up your hands. Maybe you're not used to this, but this is one of the codes. There's a code switching. There's a strong, this is a stronghold breaking moment. This is a transformational moment. Hallelujah, we reach out to the living God, to the person, more than the principle. We reach out, come on, show me your glory, everyone.
on, give him a hallelujah. We worship you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. What we really need is your light, oh God. We need your light. We need the light of life, oh God. We want the light of life. We want the light of life. Come on, as a closing prayer, just take someone's hand and we're going to pray for light. You can't have life if you don't have light. Come on, pray for light that conquers, that vanquishes darkness. Let light visit every home. Let light visit every heart. Come on, pray. God, loose your light all over this building. Loose your light, oh God, in every mind. Loose your light today, oh God. Shine your light by your mighty power. We pray for light. We pray for light. The light that brings life and not artificial light. Divine, supernatural, powerful light, oh God. Hallelujah. Overcome all darkness. Overcome confusion and chaos and dysfunction and disorder in the name of Jesus, Lord. Drive back, oh God, all the darkness by your light. We thank you. We praise you. And God, I pray that you would release your children. Your word says that we are children of the light. Help us to shine that light wherever we go, oh God. Let every mind and heart and home be filled with your heavenly light. We thank you. We trust you to do it in the mighty name of Jesus. Could we give a hand, him a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Come on, brothers. Hug a few brothers, sisters. Hug a few sisters before you go. God bless you. We hope to see you on Tuesday. God bless you.